morning and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Giridhar, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today we will talk to a cancer caregiver's journey through his wife's diagnosis and treatment. Our guest today is Mark Silver, the author of Breast Cancer Husband, How to Help Your Wife and Yourself Through Diagnosis, Treatment, and Beyond. This book was named a top consumer health book by Library Journal. An editor for National Public Radio's website, he has contributed articles about breast cancer to the Washington Post, Health Magazine, U.S. News, and World Report, and USA Today. He has been interviewed about his book on the Weekend Today Show, Morning Edition, and many others. Mark is a big believer in the breast cancer husband's motto, shut up and listen, which, Mark, I have to say, that was... A lot of people, I'm sure, when they said that, they said, yes, that seems to be apt. <laughs> yes, and not um, just if you're dealing with cancer, I think yeah. my wife would say that's a good motto for every day. <laughs> I, I did mention this to my husband today morning, and he said, who is this person? Who has who has nailed this, this whole thing? <laughs> uh, well, a lot of women I, I interviewed have passed on those words of wisdom to me. I actually had a button made up that just says shut up and listen because I said, if you don't want to read the whole book, really, that's the message. I should get one of those. Um, I also want to let our listeners know that Mark and his daughter, Maya, are also the authors of My Parent Has Cancer and It Really Sucks, Real Life Advice from Real Life Teens. Mark, we're so honored to have you on our show today. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be talking with you. I want to actually begin with the not-so-positive side of the whole journey, and I would like to kind of focus on the mistakes that you thought you made as a cancer caregiver. Um, you know, our shows always focus on tips and suggestions and tools to overcome this very difficult time, which everyone in the family goes through. But very rarely do people take the time to focus on what they did wrong, and I'm so happy you sent us this question um, because I feel that there is there is a learning curve in, in the process. What do you think was not right in the way you handled the situation when it came to, um, you know, your wife's diagnosis and treatment? Yeah, I, I, I did make a lot of mistakes. My wife would tell you that. Um, when she first <laughs> called me to tell me that she had been she had gone in for a callback mammogram, and we weren't really worried about it because she'd had lots of callbacks before. And this time, it turned out that the doctor said, it looks like you have cancer to me. So she called me, and all, you know, she wanted me to be there for her. She wanted me to really listen to her. And you know, I listened, and I heard the news, and we sort of sorted out all the details, like, okay, we won't tell the kids yet because it's you know, Friday before a weekend, and we don't have any more information and we will see another doctor on Tuesday, and so on. And then at the end of the call, I just said, well, honey, see you tonight. And I hung up the phone, and I stayed at work all day. And that was really not what my wife wanted. She said that she later thought she must have called the wrong husband, because I clearly wasn't going to be any good for her during this um, horrible uh, new, new phase of our lives dealing with cancer. And, I mean, so basically I was in denial, and I think that's a – 
you know, I look back and I feel terrible and I think, how could I have been so stupid and how could I have not, you know, dropped everything and rushed home to be with her? And when I was reporting the book, I talked to a lot of therapists and they just said, you know what, your reaction was very human. It's like nobody wants to be summoned to be a caregiver for their spouse or a family member. It's not, not something that you're sitting there thinking, oh, wow, I'd sure love to jump into action and help someone I know deal with a difficult disease like cancer. So I, I still feel really bad about how I reacted, but I understand what I did wrong. You know, I understand why I did it. It was because it was easier to play that game, to deny, you know, oh, maybe maybe she's wrong. Things can't be this bad. And if I stayed at work, I knew what I was doing. And if I went home, I was entering this whole unfamiliar world and I had no idea what I was supposed to do or say. So I think that's one of the things that made me want to write this book to help all of the, the clueless guys like me that sort of you want to do the right thing, but you don't really know what the right thing is and, and how to support someone and it really does boil down to really listening to them. Like, you know, my wife, she didn't really ask me to come home, but clearly that's what she wanted. And if I had said to her, you know, tell me what you need right now, or if I had said, I can come home, is that, you know, what you want, then at least we would have started a conversation and I would have asked her what she wanted instead of figuring, you know, in this case, I was in denial. At other points, I made the mistake of thinking I knew better than she did. Like, well, I know what you want because I'm a guy and I'm in charge and I'm going to fix things. And you soon come to understand that that, you know, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster that you have to really respect and honor the wishes of the person you're, you're the caregiver for. And, you know, this was my wife's diagnosis and she had to make the decisions that made sense to her and I couldn't tell her what to do but I could be very very helpful which is what I did find out the other side of the coin is that yeah you make mistakes but if you can be there with someone and listen to them and help them sort out a lot of difficult information that's a really valuable valuable way to support somebody you know in your book you write about how you cried in the car um, you know we I wanted to kind of ask you this question because First of all, it's very difficult to admit that. I feel it's not it's not a male or a female thing, but I just feel like it's very difficult. It happens to me at times where I just, you know, I don't want to talk about it. And I, you know, if it happens to me and I'm emotionally overwhelmed, I, I just, you know, will never share that information with anyone else. Um, why did you feel compelled to mention that? And can you kind of take us through that moment? I mean, when it happened to me, it was a couple of weeks after my wife had been diagnosed and I was running around doing errands and um, had the radio on in the car and Ray Charles came on singing America the Beautiful. And I just heard these strange noises in the car. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's me. And I'm crying. And I just thought, I'm really losing it. I'm just like falling apart. And I, and I, I didn't tell my wife because I thought if I tell her, she'll, she'll think exactly that. Oh, my gosh, my husband needs me <laughs> to like help him out now. And, and I kind of did in a way. And um, what struck me when I was reporting the book is I talked to a lot of guys and they told me the same story that they cried in the car. And I think that looking back, you sort of understand that in the car, you feel like you're, you know, you're invisible. People do all kinds of things in the car and think nobody can see them do it. And the other thing is that I learned that crying was okay, that it made me feel a little better afterwards to get all those bottled up emotions out. I mean, if I can tell you something, I went, I'm having a health crisis in my family right now with another family member. And I went out for a run this morning and a song came on my iPod and I just cried for a minute. And it was like, it just like I had these deep emotions and it's like, you don't always know they're there. And if you can let them out, 
it, that it helps. It really does. If you bottle them up, it's just hard because you're carrying around all this sort of anxiety and depression and upset. So I thought it was important for guys to know it's okay to cry in the car. One guy told me that he would cry every time Barry Manilow came on the radio singing I Can't Live Without You, and, and he hated Barry Manilow. No disrespect to Barry Manilow. That was his opinion. But it's just like it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's like, you know, it's, it's a, a part of dealing with all these emotions as a caregiver that you're, that you're facing. Why do you think running running also helped me too like having a physical outlet like that was something valuable for right. me and that's the other thing like you have to figure out like what what helps me cope with the stress because caregivers have a lot of stress and they're not having as much stress mm-hmm. as the patient for sure but there's a lot of stress in trying to be there for somebody and you've got your job and you've got your other family responsibilities and you need to make time for yourself to do things that give you strength to recharge and come back and be a better caregiver. And it could be, you know, shooting hoops with a friend in the backyard, watching a silly movie, whatever. And I would just often ask my wife, did you mind if I go out for a bike ride or, do you, you know, or a friend once sent mm-hmm. us a, a funny book of headlines from the onions. And it, and it just made me laugh mm-hmm. for like a half an hour. And it's just important to understand like what is, what helps you cope and then make sure you have some time to do that. And whether you have to, you know, you ask your wife's permission for sure. And you could ask a friend, Hey, do you mind, you know, my wife needs someone to stay with her today. If she does, do you mind if you come, could you spend some time with her while I go out and see some friends or whatever? I mean, some women told me that they would actually call their husband's friends up and say, I want you to invite him out because he needs to mm-hmm. get out. So it's something that both partners right. understand, I think. And it's just really important to, to make time for that. Why do you think it's, it's, sometimes difficult for men to be caregivers. Um, you know, it seems like it's kind of, I, I sometimes feel it's like this flawed assumption that, oh, you know what, um, the woman just sees some hard news and somehow she has the, the tools to kind of deal with it somehow. Um, but then there's also this, you know, this feeling that, oh, you know, it's it's his wife who's going through this, and how is he going to deal with it? Uh, you know, why do you think this kind of label, uh, you know, labeling kind of goes around when it comes to male ca- caregivers? And is it really more difficult for men versus women, you think? I think it can be because, I, I mean, I, I just thought, oh, I'll be a great caregiver in theory, but in practice, guys often don't do a lot of the caregiving in a family. It's like that just because mm-hmm. of the way things are, that sometimes those, those roles fall to the woman. So the man may not have the same kind of experience of caring for someone. And I think guys also have this Mr. Fix-It mentality where they want to jump in mm-hmm. and fix things. And many, many men shared that with me. And it's like, that's not helpful. You can't fix it. You can't fix your wife's cancer, but you can really figure out how to how to be there for her in other ways. And that's sort of the challenge for men to sort of put aside all these preconceptions and this idea like I'm the, you know, I'm the man of the family and I have to take care of people and really like listen to your wife and understand what she needs from you and be a support for her, not to, you know, not feel like you've got to jump in and run the show, but that, you know, you can, you can listen to her, you can help her sort out information. I, I used to write down questions with my wife before we go to the doctor. I'd ask her what she wanted to know, and I would have a list of questions, and I didn't ask them for her, but I could help remind her, like, oh, you want to ask about this side effect you're feeling, or you want to ask about this story you read on the Internet. So there are many things you can do to give support, and that's really what being a caregiver is all about. It's like giving support and care to someone that, that needs it and not assuming you know better mm-hmm. than they do, which I think is a guy thing sometimes too. 
Um, what lessons did you learn that you wish you had known when the news first came in about your wife's diagnosis? I guess one thing with cancer, as anyone who's gone through it knows, it's it's a really unpredictable and difficult disease, and it's not so simple. And we're we're used to thinking in in the world of medicine, like you know, you break your leg, you go get it put in a cast, and you get better. Like you you have a disease, and you take some pills, and you get better. And the arc of cancer treatment is really really hard. And I guess I didn't fully grasp what that would be like, and that you have to go in with the mindset that you're not going to have the year that you thought you were going to have, that some things you can do and some things you won't be able to do. And knowing that in advance would have helped me, I think, sort of make my peace with, yeah, this is a difficult phase of our lives that we're entering, and it's going to be tough. And and also knowing that you can make mistakes and it's okay, that you can, as long as you say I'm sorry and do better the next time, that's that's part of being a caregiver too. Like, you know, you do make mistakes and you can learn from them. And so I wish I had known some of those things. But but we got through it, and what really helped me get through it was my wife's incredible courage and um, resilience in dealing with all this. And it was just I was just in awe of how she sort of just faced all this. You're facing your mortality. You're facing, you know, in her case, it was surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation. And it's really tough. And um, sometimes as a guy, you think you know the right thing to say. Like there was a time when um, my wife had been told by one doctor that she should have a double mastectomy. She had bilateral breast cancer, so it was a tumor in each breast. And I wanted to say the right thing and do the right thing, and I, I remember telling her, you know, honey, it, 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 it's okay if you make that choice. It won't matter to me. I'll love you just as much with or without breasts. And I thought I was being like the perfect husband, and she turned to me and said, how would you feel if they were going to cut off your penis? And I was like, ow. <laughs> and it, but it was like a reminder that, that, that there are a lot of raw and difficult emotions, and you can't. Your job as a caregiver isn't to like diffuse them and make them all go away. It's to really listen to to what your partner has to tell you and to be you know to try and understand it. And in this case, her analogy helps me understand. Um, <laughs> it, it's difficult. It's a difficult surgery. I mean, in the end, she went for lumpectomies because her doctors felt that was a viable option. But but mm-hmm. it, there are a lot of tough choices for sure. Thank you so much, Mark. I would like to um, share your website URL with our listeners who I feel will get a lot of strength from going through, you know, the resources and also the book that you've written. Um, You know, it's an amazing resource. I I read parts of it. And, you know, even though I'm not going through the journey, there are certain things that you can take away even on, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So um, I I appreciate your saying that. Thank you. Go to your website. Yes, it's called breastcancerhusband.com, and you will get all the information about Mark Silver's book, and you know all the other resources that he provides. Um, and I hope it helps um, some of our listeners who are probably going through this right now. Um, of course, I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today. Join us next time on Tuesday, October 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern. This is for our Caregiver Speak Radio Show with our caregiving expert Marjorie Pap Steinman. She will speak to Wendy Eichen, family law attorney and founder of the Eichen Family Law Group, about how caregiving complicates marriages. To learn about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit our website, eCareDiary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal Care Diary tool. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. My Twitter address is eCare underscore diary. Thank you once again, Mark. This was wonderful, and thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time and, you know, sharing your journey with us. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of questions and, you know, it kind of will hopefully begin a dialogue between partners, 
on how to kind of deal with this journey together. Thank you, Mark. Right, I, that, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And if people want to send me emails through my website, I'm always happy to answer emails as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye.